Welcome to a very special episode of The Last King Podcast. Today is going to be all technology as we look at Google Stadia. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Last King Podcast. It is I, your host, Shafiq, along with... Dustin. And a very special guest. Uh, please introduce yourself, special guest. Hi, I'm Ruben. My nickname when I used to play games was Kidon. And uh, I started playing CS Beta 5, actually. And then I became a coach for our Singapore national team, competed around the world. We got our team uh, sponsored the first time. And uh, now I actually work in a fintech company called Sparrow. We do uh, options contracts on the blockchain. And you can check us out at www.sparrowexchange.com. You hear that, mom? Being a professional gamer gets you a job. Okay? Stop complaining. Now, uh, today is a very special episode because uh, very much like our previous episode, uh, Netflix is Dead, this is a kind of episode where we look at technology and we wonder why. Why we have the special guest gamer on is because we're going to be talking about Google Stadia. Now, Google Stadia came out of nowhere, well, kind of, they didn't really have much of a, a pre-hype movement. I mean, there was probably one or two E3 announcements, there was probably maybe a tech demo of sorts, and the promise was 4K gaming, no latency, you don't ever need to buy a PC rig or console ever again, it's gaming from the cloud. And boy did it not deliver, it properly shit the bed and everyone's still complaining. Uh, unfortunately, it was not released here in Asia so we do not have our hands on it. But you know what, we do have opinions and especially what we're very much interested in is listening to how a pro gamer would react to something like Stadia. Now, of course I'm gonna throw this across the table, initial impressions boys. Well, the first time I came across the idea of streaming for games was on live when I was at E3 covering the launch and I saw the demo of that. I Ooh, think, look at you games journalists. No, I think at that point it was it was pretty impressive just because there were journalists that were going, nah, this is fake, there's, there's a console behind somewhere and they were searching around, oh, okay, it actually is streaming. But the thing about demos is that demos are easy to look impressive when you're preparing for it. How it handles in real life is very different and I think it shows how difficult it is that on life has basically died since then. Yeah, true that. But what about you, Mr. Ruben? Well, the way I see it is that right from the start, I called it, I said Stadia is going to join the rest of the products in the Google Graveyard. Alright, look, I, I don't care how advanced they say it's going to be. You can barely even get 4K gaming on, on regular systems working really well. You know, you have so many latency issues and then they're going to say they're going to offload all the computing to the cloud and that you can get 4K gaming and have that real-time latency and then compete on it. I call bullshit right there. Really? You saw it right from the start, so the writing was on the wall from the very beginning. Well, yeah. I mean, in principle, I mean, I've seen a lot of these streaming solutions and whatever. They work well in turn-based stuff and all that, right? But look, let's be frank here. I mean, it's not exactly easy to get really good low latency even in a LAN environment. All exactly, you need yeah. is just one dodgy switch and then you're fucked. But then this is the promise of Google with their epic data centers and their like servers across the world and bandwidth. I mean, they are probably the only tech company that's also providing like an ISP service in some like parts of the world, right? There is like Google Internet or something. Google, uh, Fi Google Fiber, which, no, which is has joined the Google graveyard in terms of products <laughs> yeah, that they yeah. killed, right? We need to establish that, huh? And you know, I think that we need to make a very clear distinction. Just as you distinguish between a bank and a fintech company, you need to make a distinction between a tech company and a gaming company. Google is not a gaming company, alright? They may have amazing data centers and they can crunch your stats on how well or badly you're doing you know, from that perspective, but to deliver in real time the ability to really hit something the size of a pixel, 
and not screw up with jitter and all that kind of stupid stuff. And artifacts and everything. No, that, 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 that's a whole different game, my friends. The argument will also be that but Google is so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's on your phone. It's on your tablet. It's in your home. I mean, there's also Google Home, right? Which is that annoying version of uh, Siri. No, what am I called? Alexa, Echo. Alexa, Alexa or yeah. Echo, whatever, yeah. right? So, like, this is definitely uh, Google, I wouldn't say biting off more than they can chew because they are definitely the kind of company that wants to be everywhere. Okay, and I think what they're totally aiming for is ubiquity. They want to be in every aspect of your life, of your entertainment. And, I mean, right now, we can also look at something like Google Suites, G Suites, you know? And how it's like, okay, yeah, whoever needs Microsoft Office ever again, this shit is free and it's attached to your emails. Everything just kind of works. Well, you know, saying Microsoft Office is not exactly accurate either. Most people barely scrape 10% of the features on Microsoft Word. So if you talk about Google Docs, you're talking about hitting 10% of one quarter of the Microsoft suite. When in fact, you're, you know, it's not even a fair representation of what it's fully capable of. It's like uh, if you you know if you want to look at what it takes to be a gaming company and and mind you I I don't ex- I'm not a fanboy here of this company but you look at what Razer does for mice mm-hmm. and how how they have the mind share of gamers right yep. Microsoft and Logitech have been in the mouse business longer than Razer has I agree yeah but they are not getting any closer to to getting you know uh, players in on a mass appeal saying oh yeah Microsoft or Logitech has the best gaming mice it's still Razer in the mind share. And that's such a hard game. They've been playing this game what easily twenty years now. Yeah, Think yeah. about it. Razer's not new. Shout out to Singaporeans. Who? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So now let's let's you know roll it back a little, right? Gamers are the toughest crowd in the world. Yeah. They are really hard to please. And not only that, because the thing is, I mean, me especially, I'm a gamer. I've represented gaming here on the Last Game Podcast myself, along with my other co-host, uh, especially Dustin here. I mean, we do share history in the Quake era. And most notably, the Rogue era, which nobody remembers. <laughs> yes, the Rogue era, which used to run on uh, Microsoft Network, right? Yeah, sure. Like, remember Windows XP, children? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the good days. No, wait, no. XP Service Pack 2. Now, that's what I'm that's talking about. That's the proper about. one, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean XP. I mean, XP Service Pack 2. Hey, yeah. But the stance is this. Google thought to themselves, we've got to do this whole gaming thing. What's the business model? What was the intention? Because for them to offer something like this, especially in an era where consoles, PC rigs. I'm looking at the new AMD machines and I'm thinking, that's hella cheap. I need to get me one of those. And Google is basically positioning themselves in a way that is like, you're picking a fight with guys who build PCs. You're picking a fight with guys who do consoles. You're picking a fight with network infrastructure guys. So what was the game plan from the very beginning? And why now? Like, why didn't you just hedge your bets and think, okay, we do the small release, Maybe see if it works here. We do the beta test stuff. I mean, what was their their, their thought process? Uh, I, I'm going to speculate like flat out here. That's all we're going to do. They, 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 I think that Google saw, you know, iTunes first got disrupted by Spotify with streaming. Mm. And then they saw that, you know, all, all the, the movie studios and the DVD rentals that were, you know, getting really nice residual income for yeah, long yeah. tail income. And they got disrupted by Netflix. And they're thinking... What other content could we disrupt? And then they go, fuck it. Games are still sold as individual products, right? Mm-hmm. Well, l- let's stream the shit out of it and then let's just make this wonderful story about 4K and about how you get it in your home and you don't even need an expensive rig. Let's just find out what every gamer wants and then tell them we can do it regardless of whether we can or not. 
So, so basically, they looked at streaming media and went, oh, right, yeah, let's just do this for gaming. The only thing that can't buffer, the only thing that's interactive, the only thing that requires the user to do something and we respond in real time. I think it was basically they saw like Netflix and they saw Bandersnatch and they thought, oh, we can do that. Exactly. Because, I mean, look, I talk to people all the time and they go, Netflix is easy. Any fool could stream a bunch of stuff, right? Isn't that right, Dustin? Oh, yeah, of course. Very easy. Just, you know, you just have to create the largest content distribution network in the world, right? Oh, I'm sorry. What is a content distribution network again? <laughs> it's how you manage to stream your shit without having to download it from the US when you're all over here in Asia. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens if there's a gamer in Korea and a gamer in Germany trying to play in real time in 4K then? Oh, it depends on where, where the server's located then. Who's going to decide that? Oh, you know what I heard from Google? It's in the cloud. <laughs> oh, right. The cloud is around all of us anyway. So that there'll be zero pings for everyone then. Zero pings. Uh, the dream. The dream. The dream. I just hope that it comes in white. Oh. <laughs> well done, sir. You know what? Let's do a little bit of laymaning here. Let us define zero ping because I think especially in the realms of competitive gaming, right? Uh, zero ping is the dream and it is something that even to this day, we cannot properly achieve honestly. As much as Google is trying to convince us as like, yeah, no latency, no latency, we even have negative latency, which we'll touch on much later. Okay, that kind of bullshit technology, which like, uh, how is this going to work? No predictive inputs. No, don't block for me. Don't shoot for me. I know what I need to do. Uh, maybe for you, especially coming off as a, uh, an ex-professional gamer and professional gaming coach, maybe define for the audience out there like the, the, the crucial importance of the zero ping. Right, so often we, we hear the word ping, right? Which actually implies the latency over a network, right? But there's a lot more than that going on. There's also the latency between the frames, between the hitboxes. So that's when the bullet leaves your gun and when it actually hits the hitbox. All the collision detection. All that collision detection stuff. So there, there are so many different parts. Do you know that during, since you brought up Windows XP Service Pack 2? Yes. During that period, when you ran a Windows box that was uh, the server on LAN, this is on LAN, okay? So let's assume everything else was good. Hardware was good on the network. Mm -hmm. The only way to get the server to maximize output to 100 FPS on each person's computer was to play a video on Windows Media Player and pause that video. It would force the frame rates on the computer to speed up I remember that hack. You remember that one? Yeah, okay, we so. used to do that when we were, I was running like CS tournaments back in the day. <laughs> you see? So, so that's that something, shit works. That's something I picked up oddly enough when yeah, I went yeah. to Texas to play at CPL and oh. the Americans, they were having problems and then I talked to the Koreans and the Germans and then they said, you got to do that. Really? And because and, I never ran servers, I just competed, right? Mm. And then I, I, I said, told them to do it and then true enough, all the frame rates improved. Yeah. But you see, this is something so stupid and small, and it's not even hitting the network yet. We're just talking at the server machine itself. We're talking like from the machine to maybe the monitor. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, to, just that. To the display. Yeah. Yeah. So when you then go, you want to have zero pings on across a network. Across the world. Across sir. the world. Yeah. I mean, let's just try within Singapore, right? I mean, like, you we try. We have great infrastructure, by the way. We do. We do, but I don't think we have the most optimized uh, routing, if you will. So sometimes our hops are a bit ridiculous. I totally agree. Yeah. Shout out to Singtel. Well, I heard there's a reason for that. I heard it's regulation, actually. I don't know how true it is. I heard that the speculation was that it's because they don't want to have a discrimination, you know, like if you're on a certain network, so they, they add hops to make everyone the same. So let's just add allegedly to everything we say from That's now on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. 
you know and then of course back then we would we would go to let's say sweden or europe yeah. and then we see the competition the, the global glorious, competition like and and they're one gigabyte download one gigabyte upload oh right? forget about the download upload they were playing cs across countries at five ping across countries <laughs> yeah and 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 without um the weird dropped frames that's really important so mm. so you knew that if you if you shot something and your screen rendered the blood on the hit yeah. you knew that that was a real and hit and this was stuff that probably nvidia and definitely amd were trying to fix with like g-sync and uh with well, what's the other one free sync right yeah they, they, they have all these ad- additional technologies that they're adding in and then you know obviously uh you know later on came the consoles right so they try mm. to give you something that codes closer to the to the metal and so on so yeah so so all these improvements obviously much better than when i was far more active but but the point is there's so much innovation that is required at mm. the local level I don't know how you're gonna ship this off to some data center to try and fix. Yeah, true that because it's like when Stadia launched, right? It launched with a very, uh, I would say, scant number of games, but included in the collection would be something like Mortal Kombat 11, yeah, which is played professionally, especially in huge tournaments like Evo and such, and like especially when it comes to your re- ability to react and your ability to use like a, a core gaming trait. Is definitely your reflexes and your ability to adapt and if you need to include something like latency into the picture then everything becomes predictive then everything becomes a little bit you know stunted you know and it's not true reaction it's not true uh, ability to play yeah it's not true skill in fact it becomes um did i guess right or did you guess right yes exactly yeah and one of the things is that one of the most like legendary videos ever which is like daigo's parry of like the truly evil com- yeah evil to the this day that i still cream my pants whenever i see that shit, yeah man. there's no way that can happen if you have that kind of like predictive you have if you have lag or you have some kind of prediction going on mm. those moments don't exist anymore and then we also kind of need to address the fact that like even you have the best uh like a uh, monitor with 144 hertz running your g-sync and your pre-sync and whatever there is still a little bit of handshaking between the metal. There's still a little bit of that input lag, that input latency. And I think one of the problems Google has was it's definitely, it overstepped its marketing. Because to promise something like no latency definitely left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Because we can only look at all these articles and all these videos of people actually testing Stadia and showing like, oh look, it takes exactly a second for me to jump after I press the button. Especially now it's like, okay, you're going to try and promise us no latency and this is the best you got if they said something like low latency would that have left a less bitter taste in the mouth of consumers not at all i don't think latency is something you can sell i really don't Mm. i mean let's think of it carefully right uh take it back to the basic premise of gaming i know i'm going a bit off tangent here but 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 let's say we we play a, a game of poker can you imagine if i was going to let's say uh place a chip for my bet and the world somehow lagged my chip (laughs) No, it didn't stop me from placing. I still placed the bet. It still went through, but it just lagged. It just skipped a little. Mm. Now, no one at the poker table is telling me that this is a low latency poker table. I just know it's a shitty poker table if that takes that long for my chip to go out. Exactly, yeah. It has nothing to do with the marketing of low latency or not. Mm. I just feel that people inherently, we inherently demand responsiveness in the world that we interact with. Like when you, you scroll in your phone or something, you expect that little bouncy effect. Mm-hmm. You expect it. It's all the user experience. That's right. Yeah. So whether or not they marketed low, whatever latency, the point is they failed to address the more important question, what's a game? Bingo. What's yes. a game? What's a game? And 
you know, I know earlier we talked about how few titles they had. I would have preferred if they had one title and they did it right. Exactly. Just do one. Right? But, nail but, that first. Nail that first. And, and people go, that's such a great game. I wish I had my game. You know what? When people say, I wish I had my game, you know what? You have that. You have a market. Mm-hmm. Because now you, you say, well, if you want it, ask for it. True. And then you can go build more, right? I mean, the iPhone was, was launched with what? No app store, nothing, right? And people kept bitching about it until they got it. I think they didn't really bitch about it because people keep kept jailbreaking it and oh, editing their enough. own <laughs> shit on it. That's and they true. Figured, you because, know, I, because I want copy and paste. Because I want to do that. Oh, I can, I can earn off that shit? Guys, sure. the most critical feature demanded in the iPhone that resulted in a ton of apps was fart apps. So just get that right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright? People wanted fart apps and that's it. So, but, but yeah, I'm just saying like the expectation, we all expect something from a game. If we, if we go, go play uh, with an air rifle in real life, yeah. if we pull the trigger, we expect the bullet to come out. Yes. So when you then go into a game and you hit the trigger and the bullet comes out two seconds later and the guy's gone, I mean, you didn't lose any money, but you're pretty pissed off. Exactly, because it is not what you're expecting. Because we've come to a point, especially in technology and especially in gaming nowadays, and especially with the leaps and bounds when it comes to, like, say, building your personal rigs, or like maybe even with things like mechanical keyboards and the kind of technology that goes in with there, or with how we switch from like ball mice to laser mice, yeah, and how it's like it's a constant pursuit of perfection on how we can achieve true non-latency gaming at any aspect. And then here comes Google with a controller and a Chromecast and says, no, we can do it this. Yeah. You know? And I would say also, as much as like, I would definitely give props to the ambition. Like, because you're Google, you gotta go big. And also, if you were to deliver only the one game, I'm pretty sure the price point entry would be a lot different. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, like the founder's pack was like a cool 150-ish, right? And it's like, you're paying $150 for a controller and possibly a free Chromecast. And possibly some other games. Yeah. So when it comes to like understanding the co- their consumers, do you think Google is a little bit out of touch with the gamer base? I think they're completely out of touch with the gamer base. The only thing Google actually has experience with, re- with regards to gaming is the Play Store. And that's specifically for Android casual games. So to try to say that now we can be a gaming studio or we can deliver an experience that approximates what a gaming studio can deliver is a bit of a stretch. Well, actually, Dustin, I'd like to correct a little something. They okay. actually they actually own a game company before. It's called uh, Niantic. And I think you know how wonderfully low latency they are yes, when it yes. comes to responding to user problems. <laughs> yeah, sure, very low latency over there in the feedback section. Huh? That's right. <laughs> so, Man. if yeah, Google... What did they do again? <laughs> Oh, Ingress and Pokemon Go and Harry Potter, whatever the hell they call it now. Yeah, sure. Games that people still play to this day. <laughs> yeah, and lag throughout. So, here's here's the... Do you know they built that stuff on, like, web technology? Like, I'm not even kidding. It's, just like, it's all JavaScript. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is <laughs> That's that, amazing. Is, is that bad? Look, sir, I'm from the Quake era. Quake 3 was on JavaScript for a hot second. Okay. But then John Carmack made that, and he is a different kind of... No, developer. no, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think you the, can compare. But the net quote on Quake was... The, the best net code that had ever in, absolutely at that point. That yeah. allowed you to run can you imagine running FPS's now on dial-up that's what we used to do yeah mm-hmm. and it was and, and by the way that net code was better than even Half-Life that came out later and so on by the way uh, exactly just, yeah, just, just to share Half-Life I mean, just, was strictly a LAN game that's right and like especially like you know more in our wheelhouse when it comes to stuff like Counter-Strike 
like that blew up because of the LAN scene back in the 90s. That's right. When it became kind of like what it is today, which is CSGO, global is yeah. offensive, right? I don't think of that game as something that is uh, played internationally. It's something that's played in, in LAN centers, in groups, in clusters. And I think that's another thing that probably Stadia kind of overlooked the fact that it's like there's an entire subsection of gamers. And I'm saying a very significant portion. Because if you look at Steam stats, right? Kids are still playing Dota to this day. Yes. Okay, kids are still playing CSGO, a game that is entering its third decade already. You know, and then there you go, other games, you know. And then like, I just mentioned fighting games, right? But then the slew and the potential of like, uh, like, you're kind of missing out on an entire subsection of gamers who are very much attuned, aware, and knows how to call bullshit on technology when they see it. Guys like us. Yeah. Like when we saw Stadia, and like writing was on the wall straight away. The first thing we thought to ourselves was like, this is not going to work. Let's see how they handle basically the bullshit machine. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate the constant slew of tweets and apologies. Like, guys, it's gonna get better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're not gonna cancel this. Don't worry, all you founders edition motherfuckers out there with the yeah. extra like yeah. subscriptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not gonna cancel this. No, we're Google. We we do that. YouTube's still around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, they bought YouTube. They didn't make it. Bingo. So. You know, I think it's a little different. You know, when I always believe that when something is free or internally costed, you don't love it as much. But when you pay a billion bucks for it, I think you love it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, w- with respect to to, it, 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 I think for us as gamers, right, we we kind of understand that there are different uh, segments in. I, I won't even say tiers. I would say, for example, like let's say you take a game like Quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, Quick. I think is a game that gives the user extreme control. Yes. extreme control of the entire physics of the game mm-hmm. that it becomes such an elite game that only a few people can handle it. extremely that. niche but it's niche for a reason. Yeah. Because you, you could you could hit a rocket on the floor and fly up in the air. Yep. So that's a lot of control. Right? So to me like it's a kind of like an F1. You, you can do everything with the car almost. Yep. Almost. And you can drive it right to the edge. You're only limited to the rules of the physics of that game. That's right. And people were making like you know they, they were like kind of doing tricks with the physics engine like for quick two the double jumps and all the other straight jumping straight you know, jumping hopping yep. yeah. yeah but then for CS it's kind of like NASCAR it's like a few more restrictions yeah. you know L- less less I mean, freedom I mean you can have all your technical upgrades but you can only turn left yeah exactly exactly yeah so, so I mean I understand I understand the difference and then of course you get a game like Overwatch which is more for mass appeal it's actually designed to operate at much lower FPS mm-hmm. I mean that, that's a fact, you know, the, I mean, the synchronization the is designed way. especially. I mean, the yeah. cartoony graphics, because it was proven in something like uh, Team Fortress 2, where yeah. it's like, the less shading and the le- less bump mapping you have involved, the less things you need to render and also output. That's because, right. Because like, for like guys who played quick back in the day, we have pro mode, like, shout outs to anybody who did our pick mip 1, yeah. where we turned off all the textures, because we wanted 100 frames a second all the damn time that's right that's right and it's like you know like gl polyblend zero no we don't need all these special effects that's okay? we just need to see the guy and shoot the guy we need to be able to differentiate between him and the wall he's standing next to yeah and then you see something like overwatch where it's like oh wow look at all these particle effects going all over the place well speaking of being able to see the guy in the wall there was a time that they had the specific graphics cards like the power vr where it rendered the shadows really <laughs> we dark. are gonna do the story yes <laughs> so so we had a land party and we and we, there was like one of my clan mates was up against another guy and he knew that guy had that graphics card so he just went to hide in the shadows 
Then the guy's like looking around for him, couldn't find him. And then he's like, Shadow! Because like, <laughs> the brown of his face matched the brown of the wall. Oh my god. Back in the day, kids. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. You have not gamed till you've gamed in software mode, motherfuckers. Oh, okay. that was ter- that was horrendous. You know, we actually had to do that because what we did is that we made use of the computer labs in Tomasic Poly. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. We managed to get access, and then we installed CS on on, on those machines. Oh, really? So what we do is that we, we we had a lot of motivation to complete our coding really fast. Okay. So that we would have more lap time, and then we'd start fragging. You know what? I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> I'm proud. True gamers, we make time. That's right. We find a way, right? You know. I mean, maybe let's also kind of diverge into graphics a little bit because 4K is the buzzword now. And I'm pretty sure we are not going to go any more than that because 8K just doesn't make sense. You ain't got a big enough house. You ain't got a big enough TV for that big enough house. And at this point in time, I would say the sweet spot is still 2K. Because if you want your ultra sharp, super amazing graphics, if you want to play Skyrim with all the mods, 2K is just fine. You go to 4K, you won't notice. This is something I kind of attribute to the whole PC masteries nonsense, which I'm fucking annoyed with <laughs> because these motherfuckers keep telling me like oh it plays 4k and it's like you know oh with everything it's at like 60 frames and it's like that's garbage you know turn off all the special effects go down to 1080p yeah. you can't see the difference then you get your 100 frames or your 200 frames so i mean 4k gaming is a thing that i would say is like amd and nvidia pushing that shit because we need to convince people to buy rtx 2080s i get it Okay, that's the business model. We can't make 1080p any prettier. Let's go up another resolution. Let's go up another notch. Kind of makes sense. Is there going to be like the Blu-ray equivalent for that? No. Right. Okay, at this point of time, even when you watch a movie at 4K, you can't really tell. Yes. Okay, maybe the greys are a little bit more cleaner. Maybe the blacks are a little bit more crispier. But when it comes to video games, when it comes to the uncanny valley, when it comes to rendered graphics, just seeing faces, it's like, there's no real big difference here. You care more about frame rate than you do about yeah, resolution. I, mean, I was about to jump in on I was I was like gonna go, just give me more frames. If you can give me two forty, I take two forty right now. D- do it at ten eighty, I don't care. Give me two forty. Bingo. I just need to see the guy, I need to shoot. Yeah. And and, and the only reason of course they'll say the human eye cannot see two forty or one twenty. I call bullshit. <laughs> well, <laughs> my theory is this. It's it's more of a buffer, right? It's it's a, if you did drop those frames then it wouldn't matter. We, we'd still get we'd still get the guy, we'd still get the visual we need, mm-hmm. right? I don't think you actually really, really see every single frame, but it's more of you have that redundancy, right? The thing yes. about it is that there are lots of like theories about what the human eye or the human ears can say. They can they were saying the human ear can't hear over like, you know, two hundred and And I'm pretty sure somebody yeah. out there will 2. 2, every time 2, they hear a dog whistle. k right? Which is why mm. audio is all at like yeah, forty four. That's really interesting because I think these guys that say that stuff they forgot the more important word, the average human cannot. Mm-hmm. Whereas the elite human, the few human... That trains for this. Yeah. I, I just want to break into one of these little stories that this actually happened in a tournament, right? So one of our guys during a training session, and this was on the eve of a tournament, actually found out that if you, in CS, right, if you switch between your, your grenade and your knife or your grenade and your AWP sniper rifle... Mm-hmm it creates a sound like this. It makes that sound. And you can hear it through walls. And so this guy, he figured it out and he he, he started to tune his ears to hear it the night before. Like he wouldn't sleep. He, he said, no, I can hear this. He put it into his mu- uh, like muscle memory. Yeah. And what happened was, I, I was so angry. I kept telling him, get to sleep. God damn it. You need to rest, you know? Okay. And, and finally he did. 
the next day, he got up and he, normally he's not a morning player. He was so excited. He was like, oh, I'm really you know up for it. So we're on Prodigy and you know Prodigy has a lot of walls. Mm, okay. So he was playing in a comm lab and these guys are rushing in the alley or whatever. And then they, they stop. It's quiet. So it's normal, a standard, you know, uh, rush hold kind of pattern, right? And then he just, mm. he aims at a wall, takes five shots and and, and if you, you play a CS, you'll know the difference between these sounds. First, you hear this, and then you hear, ding, ding. Yep, it's a hit. Yeah. He killed the guy through the wall with like four headshots because he heard the guy switch. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of crazy, but and you know what? In the whole team, he's the only one that heard it. Because he trained for it. He trained. He, he, it. he discovered it, and then he trained harder and harder at it until he got it. And then after that tournament, of course, the word got out. He couldn't shut up about it, right? Yeah. And everybody started training for it. But by, by, by the next tournament, nobody Actually. was switching the grenades. No one. Okay. No one. Because you could hear it. A mile. They, they were shooting through the walls. Like, like they were they were on CT side and shooting through into the APC and killing people. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how bad it got. So when, when we talk about these pro players, these elite guys, yeah, yeah. they take things to a whole other level. Like, like we, we had guys in nuke right they'll be on the inside house and they'll be shooting through the walls just because they heard a footstep on the outside and they kill someone with a headshot mm, yeah it sounds yeah. like a lot of that predictive input that google was oh, kind of promising <laughs> sorry for that segue yeah yes we probably need to go into that too but amazing story sir yes uh if you last king fans like a lot of these back in the day stories we'll get ruben to come back okay all you csgo fans out there hey gives us a shout out Let's go straight back into what is the difference between gamers and what is the difference between various consumers. Because I would say, when Google was promising 4K no latency, this is the kind of thing that an average consumer will listen to and think like, oh, that's good. That's exactly the sticker on the TV that will convince them to buy them. Whereas for like hardcore gamers, for guys who actually, you know, you're making a gaming device, of course gamers will be paying attention, and of course we're going to call you on your bullshit. And I also kind of want to go back to a, uh, an earlier point where when we're talking about all the journalists and all these casual gamers and all these like you know game reviewers right and it, okay I, I i see what the problem is there but i think the bigger picture is like okay this is not gonna go anywhere because when it comes to games right even the casual gamer will understand that no it, it needs to work right and i think that's another thing we need to also kind of address is like you know what makes a game work and what makes a game a game because, I mean, besides things like, you know, there's challenge involved, there's pixels involved, there's control, there's input, there's gameplay. There's all these things. Because when you mention something along the lines of, like, the professional gamer and how things like the meta, things like, you know, reacting, responding, adapting, right? Google kind of shit the bed not only in terms of being something that is viable, because, like, the promise of a unifying platform is also something that all professional gamers are kind of interested in. You need something to kind of provide some sort of a new baseline standard, which is what gamers have been looking for for the longest time. Because we've been going in all sorts of directions. When it comes in terms of like latency, in terms of graphics, in terms of like, you know, sheer horsepower on your CPU, it would be nice like when you go to a tournament or when you go to a certain gaming situation, especially when you want to address maybe the younger generation, is like, where is your base point average, right? I mean, you can't tell a, a young kid who wants to start playing FPS games. You start with CSGO, you start with Quake. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. Maybe Overwatch. You can play it on a console that's affordable. That's something you can tell mom. Mom, buy me this Xbox and buy me this game, okay? That makes sense to the average consumer. Whereas Google was basically like, okay, we, we market all of this. Like, it, it felt to me like we have all this pro gamer speak. 
and then we're gonna market is like you know like 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 a console. We're like oh yeah, you know finally here you go one stop shop. Well, it's kind of like when Nike sells you you know the boots that Ronaldo wears, and then you think you could be Ronaldo, mm, right? Yeah. So, but we all know it ain't so. Yeah, those Air Jordans don't make you jump higher, sir. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And it's still the number one shoe, by the way, for high. basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're still number one. So, it's like you know, uh, I I think that there's there's a lot of this marketing going on because I suspect okay, Google has always looked at ways to cannibalize from Microsoft, right? Let's think about it. Really? Well, think about it. What was the number one email program before Gmail? Hotmail, sir. And and Outlook. Don't forget Outlook. Which it's really yeah. I'm sorry, I'm an old man. Yeah, but but <laughs> it's really really you know it's it's Outlook and, and Hotmail. Because every office uses Outlook. Yes, right. So so the the pros would be using Outlook, and then the rest of us would be on Hotmail, and then so Gmail said I'm going to disrupt both of that, right? And then of course Docs to Office and so on and so forth, right? And then yeah. what what was Hangouts supposed to do? Kill Skype, you know? Which is Microsoft property again. So Google's always looking in. I, I think I think that they are. But then you look at it. What do you actually need Windows for in this day and age? Let's think about it realistically. Play games. Play games. That's the truth, right? That's the truth. Yeah. In the old days, you need it for Office. Not anymore. You can do it on Mac. You can do it on Android, you can do it on iOS, anything. all yeah. that, right? A Linux. Can, all Linux you can is do it on a browser. You can do it. On your oh yeah, browser. yeah. Any browser, right? Yep. Okay, so you don't need that. Um, professional like creative tools. Are you limited to Windows? Not necessarily. No, no not anymore. I the think the Creative Suite no works equally well on Mac. Platforms. Yeah, and and they even have the it cloud works better on Mac platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because you can't render Mac specific codecs on the Windows version of QuickTime, so you can't do ProRes, you can't do IMAX and certain codecs. Which is work. something like okay, this is us speaking from video editor corner. That that was bullshit since the Final Cut era days. So yeah, we have to. We'll do an entire episode about that. Remember Final Cut and how it bad <laughs> shit the bed. Uh, yeah, as you were saying. And 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 then now you look at it. The last thing that Microsoft Windows really has for it is games, right? Yeah. So while the App Store from Apple and the Play Store from Google, they actually disrupted Flash games. No, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You remember Flash games? I remember Newgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, I like the adult section. And it's Gunbound, all that. Yeah. I mean, you look at like Heyday. I, I'm not gonna lie. I played Heyday. I thought it was quite fun. Mm-hmm. And Heyday was actually, you know, a Nintendo uh, game, some kind of farm game or something. I can't remember what it was. Something Animal Crossing, something like that. I think you're thinking Harvest Moon. Is that Harvest? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You know, I, I didn't actually play the the original. You know, but my point is, a lot of these games were just basically either Flash games or those mini, you know, like Game Boy kind of games. Mm-hmm. And then they just stuck it into the phones and it works when, you know, fantastically. So, iOS and Android didn't disrupt pro gaming. Not at all, no. Not because at they, all. Because they found their pocket. That's right. And, and, you know, people who go that, oh, consoles disrupted pro gaming. No, Not exactly. No, no. Right? You agree, right? No. Keyboard and mouse versus controller. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, the only thing <laughs> that makes sense for consoles is fighting games because you need the unified platform and you need to be able to play on one machine with two controllers. Yeah, well, but I can also see from a business perspective, right? For yeah. most people, you put in four or five hundred bucks, you can get a pretty decent rig playing the company. Especially company. nowadays. Right? Yeah. And That's you get right. a standardized rig that everyone has the same hardware so you know that someone, it's you. someone hasn't paid more to get in the bunch. That's right. Yeah. Whereas PC, I always thought PC is kind of like, uh, you know, the American dad of the 50s where he wants to, you know, mod his car. Out or the, mod out of hot rod. That's right. That's right. Where, where you could make your car better. You could make your thing better. So that's, that's for me, the divide between PC and console is 
is that kind of thing where where I mean I know some of the the early guys. I, I don't know if you heard of this guy from uh, Unreal Tournament, right? Lightbringer. He would shave his mouse so that it fit his hand. I've heard of him. Yeah, he would take a file. He would get emery cloth and then just get it yeah, down yeah, to. Yeah. He would come to tournaments with with a pillow with books to to adjust the monitor. Because he wanted just right. He's the guy who's legendarily... He did the measuring tape from his eye to the monitor. He, he does all that. <laughs> he does all that. I remember that guy. He's yeah. a, he was professional before we even understood what it was to be professional. He was really professional. I think it was kind of fun watching him play because it's like watching a drummer set up his drum kit. You know? Exactly. Yeah, because and he definitely wanted to have, uh, I would say, everything within range. Like, you know, yes. yeah, it's definitely the muscle memory. And it wasn't to show off. He didn't care about what people thought. He did it because it's the right thing to it's do. It's the spirit of champions. That's it's, right. You know, I need to win. Yes. Whatever it takes. It's mission place, right? Like how chefs have their... Yeah. Before they start service. Yeah, got it's all got to be there. Yeah. And and I mean, I looked at... It. I'm not going to ask my guys to do that, but I'm just saying I respect that. You know, it shows someone who cares about the craft. Now then, you look at consoles, right? Consoles are not designed to be that PC sit up, lean in, forward kind of experience. It tried, but no. It no, they, they, they dropped that idea, right? They went back to, it's a lean back. Yeah. It's, 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 right? it's now a DVD player. It's now a Netflix machine. That's right. Yeah. So it's like comparing, like, you know, the early days of tablet, again, tablets, right? I'm talking about Microsoft tablet. You're saying it's a sit up, it's a lean in, it's a pro experience, right? Yeah. And then iPad comes out and it becomes this lean back sit in your couch. Even the demo for the iPad was on a couch. Mm-hmm. So so that's what I mean. Like you got to think: Are you lean in or lean back, yeah. right? So so then comes along the stadia thing, and I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. I don't know. What what, what am I supposed? Do I do I do this in my living room? Do I on the toilet? What's this? Do I own the games? Do I have to pay the Probably company? You don't own the games. Yeah, so you don't own. Is the that games. right? I did not know and that. You you, you have you're, to, you're you just have to renting buy, the license. Yeah, you have to rent the license, and the license is only on stadia. You've got to pay about the same price as what you would or more for the game that's a shitty so deal so if Stadia shuts down you don't have that copy of the game to transfer anywhere else you might have to pay for copies of the game that you already own to play it on Stadia right so they don't even have this like movies anywhere where you could just import nope. your digital none of that you know because that's really cool the movies anywhere thing but mm-hmm. but well this is shit okay so it gets, it gets worse the more I hear no because at first I was just I was just I was starting to like these guys right yeah I was just no I was thinking like I understand the vision I get it you know you're Me thinking yeah. you're thinking because I know what Google wants Google wants Android to be the platform not Windows because mm-hmm. okay iOS Android are casual platforms right yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the casual user home user consumer whatever right and so gaming is the is the last Thing that Windows is holding on to. It's the last one. There's nothing else that they really... And there leaps and bounds with gaming too because it's like when you think of like uh, games for Windows Live and then now uh, basically what do you call it? The Xbox or the Games Pass. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They totally get their demographic. That's right. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. So, and then like even like I'm just going to throw this in. When I saw the Xbox reveal recently I was like thinking oh that one has a disk drive that doesn't have a disk drive. Mm-hmm. Scratches chin. Now I'm interested. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Because like to me, uh, the Xbox is definitely going to be what Steambox tried desperately to be. And the only difference is like, no, we're not going to put it on such a like a clunky platform like Linux. Or what Nvidia Shield also tried to do. Yeah, you know what? Oh my god. Okay, you know what? You guys just triggered me on those two products. <laughs> Let's go. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not even kidding. Like when I saw Shield, the Nvidia Shield thing, and I thought, cool idea again story was narrative was great okay i got it the marketing Narr- was good the narrative yeah. no it to me it, it made sense and then i heard they're gonna put a t-ground that shit i'm like fuck off 
<laughs> no. No! It, how, how, how is this supposed to run all that? Honestly, it, it's not going to work. And then, of course, you know, you, you, you have the, the um, Steam box, right? Mm -hmm. Where they say, oh, we're going to run Linux. And I say, look, guys, get NVIDIA to actually ship a working Linux driver and then we'll talk. You know, something Bingo. along those lines. Just, yeah. just start with, you know, we're not asking for a lot. Yeah, yeah, we're not asking for a lot here, you know? Or just be friends with AMD. Yeah, you can do, that's another way, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Apple went that way. Yeah, for, for for you know, everybody's kind of doing it that way because, like, to me, Nvidia is like, uh, what are you gonna do with this? Nobody needs a twenty eighty right now. Didn't AMD like get themselves into all the consoles right now? Mm -hmm. Right, They're in everything. They're yeah. in everything, right? So, so they figured out where they gotta be. And again, you know, they made I, the right business deal. I think they made the right deals. The, and the new the new AMD CEO is on fire. Yeah, and, and here's oh, the thing: yeah. you can always get the right deal if you understand what you are trying to be. Mm -hmm. The problem again. With Stadia, I don't know what... The, okay, wait, wait, you know what? Let's go back again. The name Stadia itself. What the hell is that supposed to be? Are you saying that you are just the arena and... and or are you selling the game? I mean, what are you... I don't even get what this is. You know, it's like watching... You know that movie, The Room? The very famous... Like uh, Tommy Wiseau, the, yeah, that one. Not the one with uh, Brie Larson. No, 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 not Brie Larson. The the Tommy, Tommy one, Wiseau. right? Okay, so love me, that movie. Yeah, you love it, right? Amazing let me ask you. Making. Let me ask you the Terrible simple thing. Also. Let me just ask you the simple thing, right? It's called the room, right? Which room are they talking about? The room. Exactly. You don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. Like Stadia. Okay, you call it Stadia. So the branding is a bit off for you. No, the brand. Every, it shows me you don't know what this is. It shows me you have no idea what this is. You don't have no idea what your product is or what you're selling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's basically maybe a disjointment between marketing and yeah. technology and developers. Bro, think of it. When I say Gmail, if I it, imagine the first time you heard the word Gmail, right? Yeah. What did you instantly think this was? Something mail. Yeah. Something email. Because G yeah. rhymes with E as well. Bingo. Yeah. And then when you saw by Google, well, duh, the G must be Google. Mm -hmm. Now it could be Greg's mail. I don't know, but I'm saying I got it. So are you saying it's a miss, a, miss, a, a missed opportunity for it to be called? game with the G being the Google G? I don't know. It could be, right? It could have, it could, game. It, it could have been called Google <laughs> game. game. copyrightable? No, right. Uh, okay, you cannot trademark the word game alone, especially since you are a gaming company. So you gotta spell it lame like how Google spells Google. So I, I'm, I'm just saying that it's gonna be very bad for SEO because I used to work on a TV show called Game. It was oh, very, God. very hard. That was rough. To the, to the ESPN days, huh? Yeah, yeah that was rough. That was rough, the SEO on that one. Game. So, I mean, like, do what Google does because Google is actually traditionally spelled G O O G O L. Yes. So, just Googleize the name. So, just, you know, G A Y M. How about G A E M? G A E M. Game. 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 Still sounds the well, You know, no, but my point was still that I don't know what they're trying to be. Mm -hmm. they, they call it Stadia. So, when I first heard it, I thought, you know what I really thought it was? I thought that they were going to take YouTube to the next level on live streaming of games and. You know, all so that. they're just going to go for Twitch, right? Yeah, yeah, go for Twitch. Which they're kind of doing right now with like live gaming, streaming and all that. Yeah, yeah. But they're not as aggressive as Twitch and in the way that they and try then, and do like, it, you know? I also want to give some shout-outs to like, Microsoft for throwing Mixer in. Yeah. Like, like, fuck you too. That's right. That's right. Microsoft is <laughs> saying, you know what? You did this to us already on email and docs. We're not letting this happen now. Only there. We got fucking Ninja. There you go. We don't know what he does, but he's very popular right now. That's right, that's right. <laughs> it's such a Balmer move though, that one. True that. Yeah. <laughs> but Baller or Balmer? Balmer. Steve yes. Balmer, yeah. Developers, developers, developers. Exactly. <laughs> I miss that guy. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I have a friend who was in game development during the, the mobile game days, bef 
pre-iPhone, right? When they were doing Symbian and all that. And he told me of all the studios that take care of developers and understand them in the gaming business, Microsoft. He yeah, said, they have I said, the pedigree. I said, what about Sony? I always thought, you know, the Japanese, they've been at this for years. He said, no, 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 no. Nah, they're he said, no, next. no. Because yeah. I'm not from the industry, you know what I mean? From the production. And he said, no, 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 no. Microsoft, they understand developers. They get it. So, so you know, I think that if anybody is going to now steal Stadia's lunch, you watch out for what Microsoft's going to do. Which is what the Xbox is probably going to do. I mean, I think the reason why it was announced at uh, the Game Awards, I think it's just perfect timing because literally when Stadia shit the bed, Microsoft thought like, we got to step now. Yeah. You know, and launching that, I mean, as much as it's just like a, a cute little JPEG or like a little, like, you know, a, what we call it, a beauty video, beauty yeah. shots, right? He's like, yep, this is going to sell a lot. Yeah. But I'm a little bit worried about the single fan system because, uh, what was it? The Mac Pro. Did we try this with the Mac Pro? Please don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit worried, you know, because as an owner of six Xbox 360s, uh. <laughs> all red ringed, <laughs> let me remind you, Microsoft, when it comes to hardware, track record, eh, a little bit iffy. I mean, yeah. But I think they've kind of improved over the they year. They probably learned. They I, learned their lesson. I do think that they had... Okay, I'll be frank. Because I like buying their mice and keyboards. And okay. I've never had a serious problem with any of them. Okay, as an old school gamer, yeah. Microsoft first mouse was glorious back yes. in the day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. The Microsoft first mouse? Yo, motherfuckers. If you play Quake or Counter-Strike, Rogue Spear, even StarCraft, that shit, even though it was just like, you know... Like, oh, hey, this is cute. No, 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 This shit works. Do you know how many the of them I smashed and they didn't fuck up? All of them. Yeah. None yeah. Of them. yeah, like Nokia 3210 ain't got shit on the Microsoft yeah. first mouse. Okay, I would say one of the greatest gaming mice of all time. Second would be the Logitech, the three-button mouse. I know which I one. miss that shit because secondary fire that exists in a lot of games yeah. I hate the fact that it's on the mouse wheel that's right it yes. doesn't make any it's sense it's stupid it's so stupid okay yeah. especially when you play games where you need to aim down sides wouldn't a nice thick middle button be perfect that was the perfect mouse or middle mouse but mm. you know what else they added though later on they got smart they put it on the thumb area yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could just wriggle the thumb back and you get you get the yep. third button. And that's where the, my my era, the guys, I wasn't one of them. They, they all went crazy for the Silver Fox. Mm, yeah, yeah. It was, was a small mouse. I, I didn't enjoy that. It was kind of solid. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, but you get what I mean, I like right? the form factor. The clickiness. Mm-hmm. The buttons were fantastic. There's something that is extremely tactile and responsive. That's right. No false triggers. You know, the worst thing is that you're in a holding pattern and trying to be quiet and some idiot squeezes off a shot. <laughs> and then you're like, sorry, mouse button, you know? <laughs> Dude! <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker! You gave us away. We've been dancing around this for the longest time. Let's talk about negative latency. Here's what they promised. We're going to use all these data centers to gather your data and see how you play so we can predict the moves for you because especially when you do this thing a few times, oh, that's what you're going to do all the time, which means it's going to interrupt your input or basically play the game for you as a gamer i hate that fucking shit okay i don't need anybody to tell me to do the thing i want to do right now but it'll improve latency yeah improve latency first before you mess with what i need to do i have a worse scenario for you okay way worse here we go so you're thinking of it fucking with your shot right Mm -hmm. imagine if you run out you get hit shot in half a second killed by Google Stadia on the other guy's system. <laughs> Literally, the game plays itself, huh? Yeah. 
Now how do you feel? So that guy has aimbot on you. Imagine if you will, that they get a profile on you and they go, okay, this is how you're going to play and now we're going to predictively help you with that. At some point, that stuff's going to get found out to the Koreans and the Chinese. <laughs> Here's an account that I've trained for you. It's imported already. We just, have the data on all the players. Yeah, just and we could sell that. Just, yeah. just take over the account, just walk. Just walk. <laughs> just log in. You know, log the I, I never enjoyed MMO games, but again, my friend, he's very connected to this space. He, he showed me how uh, this Chinese game works. It seems that you just party up and one player is actually playing the game and you just eat instant noodles while the rest of your players just follow this guy around oh, and collect XP. AFK, the AFK games, yeah, I've yeah. seen those. I was appalled. I was disgusted. This is not gaming. <laughs> I couldn't finish my lunch. I, it was... I, I was like, how is this... Look, I play a game, win or lose. I mean, I've played with you bastard Quakers and you guys are so good. <laughs> and, but, when, but you know what? When I lose, I respect it. I lost to a better player. Yep. Right, I I know what I'm good at. I know I know because if you come into my house and see us, I'm gonna kick your ass. But but I know that when I'm in your house, the respect is there. And I know that if I got shot because the door is closing and suddenly a rail comes through and I die on the close, that was me. That was you. <laughs> and you know what? Props. But here's the thing: if Stadia's pulling off that shot, mm-hmm. what's my respect for you gonna be like now? Look, you go think about that. You have to actually address the bigger question. It's it's not about the Quakers or the Counter Strikers. Like our feud has gone on for the longest time. This is for all the bullshit Call of Duty guys. We have no idea. Shout out to all you COD fucks. <laughs> Sorry. Out. Our house. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You aim or in that cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Halo as well? Where 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 the cursor when you kind of bring it close to the hit and it kind of bops onto the hit and then you get a headshot. Or the the what are you call assist the some kind of assist aim assist right yeah yeah, yeah some mm-hmm. kind of assist and 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 i i i just couldn't i was like but but at least at least i'll say this our singapore pro guys they don't use that shit yep they are legit as hell they are really good players so i'm like okay that that i got i got respect for but yeah this negative latency thing it sounds like legalized aimbot <laughs> you know <laughs> we're just speculating yeah we're just speculating but yeah, that could possibly be the problem that's the thing it's like then where's the skill where's the Where's the reflexes? Where's the adaptiveness, right? Why is this machine playing for me? Like- I, I think the main question we're asking here is that who who is this for? Like, you know, if, if we're playing Where's Waldo, right? Who is the Stadia customer? Is it the casual game fan that doesn't want to buy? I mean, looking at the, the titles they have on offer, which is apparently all the Tomb Raider games. Mm. Like, okay. So that sounds like lean back, right? It doesn't sound like... It definitely sounds like lean back. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm sure we can all appreciate Lara Croft in 4K. I mean... Sure. That's the reason to have 4K, That's right? the reason you have 4K, right? Yeah, because the tress effects on her hair still doesn't work, apparently. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. What's going on there? But it is them definitely trying to disrupt. I mean, maybe uh, taking a page from your notes is like, yeah, maybe they're trying to eat into Microsoft's pie. But they're thoroughly and totally ignoring the true juggernauts, which is Sony and Nintendo. And if you're trying to promise people a console with all this marketing speak of 4K, no latency, right? And, like, okay, as of this point, it's only launched in America, I think Amsterdam? No, uh, no it's not properly global, right? Here's the probably the, the final thing we need to talk about, which is when it comes to latency, we also need to address infrastructure. So we all know how gloriously inefficient American internet is. Let's have no qualms about it. Some of us have experienced it firsthand. I'm sure Dustin, 
you've seen how glorious uh, Comcast, Verizon, AT&T managed to deliver what f- uh, I was on Charter, no, so no, I know what that's it, like. It works great in New Mexico, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Where all the gamers are. Yeah. But Together it, with the aliens in Alien 50, Area 51. <laughs> they have the best. Oh, they use alien work. Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Easy joke, I know. Easy one. But, okay, so... To promise something like low, no latency and to launch only in America, that to me is the biggest marketing disaster of all time because like I have this speculation where if you launch Stadia in somewhere like maybe Korea whereas they've got 5G now I have no idea what that looks like okay but I would love to see what Stadia works like and if you can have an amazing infrastructure then okay at least the promise of no latency kinda is there right but no it's all also speculation because we don't know how the, the, the data centers deliver like you know data over in asia yeah but then like i would say i don't think like a place like korea would be probably the best place to start because you know closed ecosystem non-english speaking natives but what games do they even play what there games that they you had the licenses for yeah Bingo. so we had this earlier discussion where you thought maybe Europe would have been the best place for him to probably do an early soft launch, right? Yeah, well, I, I think Europe would have been my pick if I had to pick it because, I mean, look, number one, you compare America to Europe, just a stance on uh, net neutrality. Europe is very firm on it. They're very clear on it. Mm. And, you know, when you want good latency, you don't want a little nasty thing like uh, the problem with net neutrality getting in the way of your packet going <laughs> across, course. right? You don't want a discrimination where, oh, well, well, we'll let the CS packets go through. But you know what? If you're a fighting game, Tekken, fuck you. You know, you don't want that kind of situation, right? Yeah, yeah. And the next thing is that Europe, from an infrastructure basis, they have very advanced infrastructure for gaming. I mean, back in 05, they were easily connecting to each other, you know, 5 to 10 ping, easy. No mm-hmm. problem. And this is back then. It gets better now, obviously. You know, and then um, if you talk about like you want exposure to different cultures, different uh, feedback, and a very vocal population. Well, mm-hmm. Europe, they, they have people that are very willing to share and tell you exactly how to improve things. You know, I love it. I mean, when, when we were competitive uh, globally, we, we love talking with the Germans, with the Swedish, they, you know, with the Dutch. We yeah, had the such Swedish great gaming friends. scene is something into itself, right? Absolutely. Their yeah. professionalism. Their community and everything. Yes. Yeah. And, and they, are, they are not insular. They're very welcoming. So, you know, like for us, when we went there to train, they weren't like, well, oh, that, those are the Asian, you know, bastards, leave them out or something. It was, <laughs> they were, they really took good care of us and they really wanted us to to evolve with them and they wanted to learn from us what's our scene like. Mm-hmm. You know, very open. Like even uh, recently, uh, so I'm the co-founder of Skoga, it's the Cyber Sports and Online Gaming Association in Singapore. Shout outs. So we <laughs> did, we did um, a cross-sharing of, of uh uh, content with uh, their their game festival and our game festival Dreamhack right. Dreamhack that's the one yeah, yeah. so we had 24-7 content with them what happened is that during our daylight hours we supply the content and during their daylight hours they supply the content to us okay and so we were watching each other and competing and improving and improving and building so, the scene so that's yeah. how open they are can you imagine if you launch something new like Stadia there sure you will get the typical European complaints of course but you'll get the solutions Mm, yeah, exactly. They want to contribute, right? Mm. But then you launch in America where the problem is AT&T doesn't want to let their packet through. I like to see how that conversation goes when you call them up and say, get my packet going through and they'll go, you know that time you opened up that little thing called Google Fi? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Disrupt my market, huh? Yeah. This is my speculation. Doing it in America first is worst case scenario. 
let's get the data and see how we do it on our shitty internet. Doing it in India would be worst case scenario. You're talking about, you're <laughs> also talking about that, bad, bad internet connections. You're not talking about shit internet connections? Okay, there's parts of Southeast Asia where it's still maybe, I don't know, like 2G? The fuck yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laos, yeah. Laos. And like, uh, you go to some places like GSM? Yeah. <laughs> Google is definitely a global company and like to have it just launch in America just doesn't make sense to me because it also to me it feels like maybe they're rolling it out in stages maybe okay this is to them business wise like okay let's see if we can get the home court advantage let's see if we can iron out all the bugs that's going on with all these various internet providers but we also need to kind of mention the the big black hat in the room which is like so is this data going to be farming our data as well Probably yes. Maybe that's why they didn't launch Europe because GDPR, motherfuckers. Oh, that's another angle. Because GDPR. Yeah. Let's explain to all our Lasking fans who are not aware of what the, the, the global data protection rights, right? Is that what the R is? I got no idea what the R is, but you know what? It's basically something that you can get charged like 5% of global revenue if you have a breach. Mm-hmm. Global revenue, bear in mind. If you so breach. If you get hacked, or if you get fucked somehow. Or if you mm-hmm. sent out information to someone for affiliate without data permission. without permission without express permission the other one is you gotta they have the right to be forgotten so you gotta be you gotta delete anything that they ask you to delete bingo so th- this is not easy so your negative ping information can violate GDPR bingo oh yeah oh yeah if Google is tracking your ability to play games and to predict how you play that's literally taking your data and I'm pretty sure there is no way for me to press yes on the controller for the EULA, which I don't think exists at this point in time. Can you imagine if every time you tried to make a move, they would ask you to accept a, a, <laughs> like, like, the cookie, like the cookie warning, you know, like, like move forward. Before you shoot this guy, do you accept the terms and conditions? <laughs> yeah, GDPR cookie notice or something? We're about to aim for you, GDPR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you get killed and it says by GDPR <laughs> that would be an amazing gaming experience <laughs> I think we just solved the problem with that. <laughs> yeah I think we yeah but you know here comes the really the, the, the possibility though the possibility is this someone else could then say you know what Google's trying to do things the weird shady way, right? Of course. So then they someone try says... They to be evil. The word is try. Try. Well, I don't think they even have that anymore. No. Honestly. I think, what if someone decided that we are going to do it, but we'll do it the right way and we're going to do it in Europe first? Microsoft steps into the ring, huh? I don't know. It, it could be the Japanese even. You don't know. True. That's that. my point. You don't know. I mean, like, I'm definitely very curious what the PS5 is going to be about. Because where else can you go? Because like me and Dustin, we're all along the lines of like traditional like uh, disc-based media is going to be a relic of the past. Mm. And it's about time. Yeah. Because especially with guys like me, like, you know, I have a Steam library that's on the four-digit mark. Whoa. And I don't have enough time in my life to play any of that. But then there's a Steam sale right now and I still need to buy shit. That's right. There's always DLC that's, oh, that's 90 cents now? Of course I need that skin. Yeah. You know, but it's like, imagine that as like maybe, you know, packaged products, right? Like, I don't have enough shelf space in my life to accommodate all of that. So Stadia promises, no, 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 you don't ever need to own games ever again. You just need to own a platform, you know? But then here comes Microsoft and here comes PS5. Okay, I don't know anything about PS5, but I know Microsoft is definitely, because they tried it very hard with the Xbox One. It's like, no, 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 it's going to be games on a marketplace. You don't ever need to buy no like uh, discs anymore. Everything will just download automatically and install. 
and everybody had a shit fest and like, no, I need to be able to, to to lend games to my friends. And it's like, no, you're not gonna lend a seventy dollar DVD no. to your friend. Nobody yeah. does. Buy your own shit. Fucking buy your own Battleborn. It's really cheap now. It's kind of like Netflix with games. Yeah, that well, was the promise. Well, here's the thing. If that you're talking now from a sales perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Again, if Stadia was supposed to be a content delivery and a sales platform, mm. I totally get it. Maybe even make it decentralized, like torrent technology or something. You run a node, you and then you you get some kind. You blockchain it. You get yeah. some Bitcoin if you and then and then you create secondary market. So instead of saying I lend my friend a DVD, yeah. what happens is. I bought it at 70, that's par value, right? Yep. Then when I pass it to my friend for 60, and if yep. he passes it back to me, 50, something something like that. And allow the the game developer to still get some revenue because right now they get none of the secondary they get none, Yeah, so so you you build the, the that kind of thing. If you told me that was Stadia, I would have zero things to say because you already know how to do it at the Play Store. So I think we can be, we should be rounding up this discussion. Any final words, guys? I mean... Let's do the speculations. Where is Stadia going to go in the next two years or maybe five years? Maybe we should have two questions, right? Like whether Stadia can work and whether anything like Stadia, which is games as a streaming service, okay. whether that is even practical to begin with. So like, you know, regardless of Google's execution, is this concept even viable? I would say yes. I would say there's definitely, especially in the timeline of humanity, this is definitely the way we're going. Think of it this way. The pursuit of perfection when it comes to even CPU cores. It's come to a point where it's like, you know, we can go to like the 12 nanometer, 10 nanometer, and it's like, yeah, but we're still gonna get heat issues because electricity always runs hot, you know? And it's like, okay, it's gonna come to a point where it's like, we can't go any faster than this. And if you wanna talk about quantum computing or super technology, not affordable right now. We barely can afford VR. Yes. Okay, so in terms of what makes sense right now, you need to do it in not only don't do the 4K, don't do the no latency. Just do the, hey, you don't ever need to buy a copy of a game ever again. Kind of like what Steam does. Mm. But you don't need to have the powerful machine to run the Steam. Just use the Stadia. Actually, what I was going to say was that the, the, the point that you were making about machines getting powerful, that actually lends itself more to the heavy client model. Whereas mm-hmm. what Stadia is, is the thin client model, which is like network speeds are fast. Computing has always gone along this trend, which is like, components and hardware are cheap then we go with the heavy client because it's cheap to build it Mm -hmm. but now network speaks have gotten so fast that we're just going to have a heavy you know central machine and everything's going to be served out I would say like what Stadia needed to do was to really diverge the tiers a little bit more realistically because you got to have the the pro version with all these hardcore gamer specs but let's have right now at this point price point entry wise let's do the for everyone version okay and don't do the marketing speak of 4k no latency just say yeah, now you have your game library online, okay, and you don't need to attach it to a rig. Yeah, okay? I, I think that what they need to go with is the the convenience of like you know your library online. You don't have to carry shit around. Bingo. Yeah, and that, like right now, it looks like to me that Microsoft is like, that's a great idea. We'll do that now. Yeah, we have the technology, we have the resources, we have the games. Oh shit, we don't need to license things. We've been making games since the beginning of PC gaming. So the, the other thing is how much information are you inputting into the game? How much information is the game and the engine getting from you as a gamer when you're reacting? I mean, as especially well? when you think of something like fighting games where there's nothing but complex combinations and like all these inputs and that you need to interrupt them, especially in the middle of a combo you need to start blocking or if somebody does something you need to press something to interrupt them. 
So it's like this bevy of inputs that's going to be coming into like Stadia, right? And to, to uh, able to just respond back. How? Well, you know, this is where I think that the kind of game, like even in traditional sport, we have sport if you can be split into two types. It's not team and individual. It's actually man versus nature or man versus man. Or turn-based, right? Uh, well, yeah, but uh, turn-based, sure, turn-based you don't care about latency, that's true. Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the, it's more of, you see, when it's man versus man, right, then the latency becomes even everything. more. It's everything, right? Yeah. But if it's man versus nature, like a game like golf, like a game like a, like if you're playing against an AI or a, like like WoW where you're versus some super boss and everyone's like a walking in. simulator or something. That's right. Yeah. Or if you're playing RPG, a story-based game, which are fantastic games again. Yeah, stream that shit. Fantastic. Stream it. Keep it in your library. You don't need to be lugging that CD around. Yeah. I don't need to buy Skyrim again. No, you don't need. <laughs> in fact, Skyrim would be one of the games that I think should go on this model. But it's already available everywhere. Else. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it, it fits. It fits. It fits that model. But if you which try, is why I think the Tomb Raider games. Exactly, exactly. So Tomb Raider, all that makes sense. But if you're gonna do something like where perfection is required, mm-hmm. let me tell you the nightmare scenario for them trying to make a racing game work here. Oh god, yeah. You know of all. You the know we tested this. Detail, yeah. yeah, bro. I've tested this with all of our national gamers. Okay. Do you know who had the fastest reaction times among all of us? Was the racers? Yeah. I'm not even kidding right now. They were a mile ahead of the because CS they're guys. definitely yeah. for them. They need to predict the turn. Yes, and then as they see it coming, they need yeah. to be able to inch and adapt as the turn arrives. Crazy, because, because they have to deal with significantly more momentum as well. Yeah, they've got the game mechanics and everything moves them at that speed. Yes. Exactly. Whereas something like CS, you can kind of just lean back and not move. That's right. You know, and just aim. In CS, you're in control of your pace. Yes. In a race, there is a minimum pace. There is a minimum pace. And if you want to win, you gotta go faster. Exactly, exactly. You gotta react faster. So the nightmare scenario for Stadia, actually we kept, I know, because my bias is towards FPS, right? Yeah, yeah. But the nightmare game is gonna be either of any racing game, sorry, it could be driving, it could be flying, I don't care. If you need to do racing where there are elements, you know, randomness, and then there's a competitor, man versus man, mm-hmm. in the same battlefield, okay, you're yeah. done, you're done. Unless you do fucking uh, burnout, then you just want to crash. So really <laughs> well, are we going to bring up burnout now? No, we're not going to bring up burnout. That's yeah. a totally different That's a very different thing, yeah, yeah. Okay, but like, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not going to see the new Need for Speed on Stadia anytime soon. Because it's not, not a great fit. But okay, I do think that Stadia, if they get smart and figure out what at its soul this thing is supposed to be... Mm. I think if you focus on sales distribution, making it like a very low barrier to entry for people to get to 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 play, uh, maybe their first, you know, uh, whatever whatever game, even would, FPS, so be I it. I would say if not the FPS, if it's like baby's first console and it's all universal, yeah, give them like an old school sixteen bit pixel art platformer where you don't really require that much like graphical rendering Minecraft, horsepower. Minecraft, 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 did, Minecraft right? Shovel Knight, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like, that's perfect for something like Stadia. Right. You can sit on the couch and play this and you don't need to worry about latency. If it lags a little bit, it's not going to really mess yeah. with your game that much. Yeah. Yeah, or the other way is, you know what? One of the, the, the shooter games, third-person shooter though, that had a really cool mechanic, which maybe they can work here with, and, and it will be, it will actually fit in with the negative latency thing, Max Payne. Hmm. Yeah. You bullet time that bullet shit. Bullet time. It's either bullet time or lag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you choose bullet time or are you lagging? Don't know. Don't know, yeah. It's okay. I can still take my time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it can it can work out there. But you know what I think is the, the more likely scenario, I still I still got my bet on this, is that they kill it. You think? That I think they'll kill it. And call it, call it. What's the lifetime? What's the lifespan? 
Well, I I I set my my bet on uh March twenty twenty one. Literally two years from now. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, this was this bet was made back then. I I actually think I think the botch launch and then I think they just need they're just one or two, maybe a data privacy leak away from from really bad press, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna kill it. And then what they're gonna do is that they're gonna launch something called Android gaming, and then after that they'll like call it Google Play Live or something. And then yeah. you know you know the whole they, they'll rotate between Android, Google, and whatever else they have. I love how you chose March because March 2020 is gonna be a gigantic year for games because all the shit comes out: Final Fantasy, Doom Eternal, what have you. And you know that yeah. typically after one year, you know who's staying and who's dead, right? Bingo. It's usually that you know what defines it: the December quarter. Yep, the Christmas. Christmas. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. That's when everyone cuts the prices. Bingo. That's when they unleash. And you know what? If you like got right a shit Black Friday, yeah. yeah. If you have a shitty Black Friday, you're not going to survive. In March, that's when Google starts firing people. I'm not even kidding. Mm. That's what happened with Google Plus. I miss Google Plus. <laughs> yeah, I was a user of Google Plus. I use Google Plus myself. Me too. I was uh, one of the three Google Plus users on the same podcast. How yeah. random is it? Yeah, we're out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the other question: whether this concept can work. I think I think we've already discussed it. The concept can work, but yeah. it's about picking your battles and choosing game genres yeah. where real-time feedback isn't important so don't do a racing game yeah, don't do a I twitch lost my train of thought. Was don't do questions. a don't do a virtual fighter or tekken or like don't a do oh god no yeah, no okay I'm, I'm pretty sure the next any fighting fighter. game that has parries or things like that no it's like milli like microsecond reaction Dude, time it barely works on a ps3 or 4 yeah you know we still have to deal with that those are the things that that barely work on local machines with serious hardware that you're not streaming that shit like stuff running straight to the monitor yeah Okay, so Google Stadia, uh, nice to know ya. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man. Uh, shall we wrap up this podcast, boys? I think we've definitely said our fair due, and uh, it's been an amazing discussion. Thank you so much to my guest, uh, Ruben Consencio. Consencio, uh, the traditional Portuguese spelling. So, uh, remind us here on The Last King and all our fans, where can we find you, sir? You can find me on Twitter. I'm Kidon, K I D O N, with a zero at the end. Or you can find me at www.sparexchange.com. That's where I work. Yes, if you like fintech stuff, uh, we should do a whole fintech episode. But I don't know. I don't think it matches our SEO requirements. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think fintech and SEO go very well together. Last King fan, uh, bother uh, Ruben here on the social medias. Maybe okay, convince him to come back. I had an amazing discussion with him, and uh, we thank you again for joining us for this very special Last King episode where we talk about Google Stadia. Nice to know ya. Uh, <laughs> This is uh, host Shafiq and Dustin signing out. <laughs>